Uh, welcome to another Love Sport podcast. This is Paul, your host. Be joined by my co-hosts, John and Super Pete Novikowski tonight. We're going to look at the AFL finals, a whole heap of different sports, see how the Premier League's going, and as always, talk absolute nonsense. This is, was, and always will be the Love Sport podcast. Episode of the Love Sport podcast. It's uh, with a bit of a heavy heart tonight, as uh, in particular, Pete and I um, pay our respects to Sam Peters, a WA boy, a football boy, a cricket boy, loved all his sport, and um, listener of the show and a great friend. And Pete, I'm probably, you could probably do better than I do there, mate. <laughs> Jeez, um, mate. Awful news to wake up and see a message uh, talking about kind of uh, the end of Sam Peters. But I guess uh, I, I guess my my comment, which I put out, was I hope that his teams that he supports do him proud this season. And I guess that's all I can kind of wish is that uh, you know that Perth Glory put on a good season for him. That that Brentford put on good performance that, you know, West Coast Eagles, that they... They, they're cooked, mate. They, they're cooked. They're cooked, but... Uh, yeah. but everyone else, like, you know, <laughs> if his teams can do him proud, you know, like, I'm sure that he'd be up there uh, cheering as loud as possible for his teams. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's a tough one because Sam was the type of guy who he, he wasn't, you know... In your face, starting conversations relentlessly. It, it was the type of guy who'd just send you a message out of the blue and just be like, "Oh, have you seen this?" And yes. And there would just be a, a quick little exchange. It'd be yep. a guy you'd walk past in the pub, and admittedly, if you didn't know him, you probably wouldn't notice him. But once you did know him, gosh, he lit up conversations. Man, he lit up a room with like his little wit. Like, yeah, Sam was a top guy. Yeah, loved his uh, loved his Perth glory. Um, it's really good to see the the shed and and Perth glory themselves pay credit to him. Um, he was a cricket umpire, loved his cricket, um, loved the whacker, he loved everything WA. So Sam, um, we'll see you on the other side, buddy, and to your to your family and friends and, and your and your beautiful kids. Um, you know, we wish you all the best. We, there's probably not much more you can say there. So. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, uh, thanks for being in our life and being our friend. There you go. Bit of a um, bit of a tribute to a, a really good sports person and a better human being. So, one final thing. I don't know many people who love music as much as Sam as well. So, it'd be really interesting to be able to ask him sport or music. Which, if you had to choose, it would be a very tight battle, I reckon. <laughs> the impossible question. Jeez, um, I think I think that music might. Just, just, just tip it. But yep. Yep. that said, if you basically said it's Brentford or music, Brentford wins. Oh, I'll flip, I'll flip a coin again, mate. I'll flip a coin again, but it'll be <laughs> very close. So why don't we start off, guys, with a uh, keep, kick or cuddle for both of you, okay? I'll, I'll go with John first. Port Adelaide. Port Power. Or... Port Melbourne. Hmm. Okay. I'll try and do that in some way that I can. Um, look, I don't know much about the VFA and I didn't hang around the docks of Port Melbourne. 
Um, uh, aren't they affiliated with Collingwood? Yeah, but I mean, well, it's Williamstown. Is that the same area? Williamstown, yeah, um, not far away, but um, Port is Port Melbourne was your traditional VFA club. The uh, red well, and blue stripes. I know Bomber Thompson lives there, so I'm going to kick them. <laughs> um, I'll go with uh, I'll keep so kick kick. Yeah, starting from my hand. I'm going to get it sometime. Yeah, um, Port Adelaide. I'm going to keep them. Yep. Uh, because I've said to you, I've said to many people, I, I actually think they're the Brisbane Lions' actual biggest real rival and have been since both teams kind of had their second coming, if you like. Um, yep. in, within, and, and I think that there's been some other rivalries that have been fantastic with Footscray and with Collingwood and, you know, whatever. But uh, to me, the Port Adelaide one's the one that gets me. Excited because I think it's just genuine. They yep. feel we stole their premierships, and I don't care. And um, uh, Port, who's the other option? Port Adelaide. Oh, sorry. So that was Port Power, and then your yeah. other option is Port Adelaide. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll keep Port Power and Port Adelaide. I will cuddle because obviously they're one of the greatest sporting teams in Australia, if not the world. Ah, oh, beautiful, beautiful. So I'll go across to you, Pete Burnley. Bolton, Brentford. Um, geez, Bolton. <laughs> I'm gonna, oh God. Um, can I not keep all of them? They're lovely. No, they're not. No, um, no, no. Bolton. To be honest, they probably should have left the 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 league when they went into administration and couldn't pay their bills. So, unfortunately, I will say kick them because yep. they should have yep. been gone a little while ago. Um, Brentford, let's give them a bit of a cuddle because we know that they need a bit of love at the moment. But, gosh, they are such a brilliant football team and great football club. Their, their manager and their supporter base is such a joy to behold. Um, yep. Burnley, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll keep them around because um, last season – Burnley were playing Liverpool at Anfield and something which uh, Sean Dyche said in the post-game interview really stuck with me, which was you do realise little teams are actually allowed to go and play against the big boys and actually fight. Like they're actually allowed to go to these teams and put on a show. So for that reason alone and their tenacity, let's, uh, let's keep Burnley around for a little bit longer because, mate, they're grubs at times, but they're the types of grubs you want in your corner. <laughs> well, think, we'll do. Oh, sorry, mate. Burnley are a symbol of of hope for every football fan. In that you don't have to be amazing. You know, you don't have to be talked about by ESPN all the time to be a relevant football club. Right. And they've got two. I'm pretty sure they got two titles. It might be one, two first division, one, two. They've, they've certainly won them which is more than some other clubs in the top five have done. Uh, spot on, spot on. So we'll go to the Premier League. We'll go to the Premier League, guys, if that's okay with you. And two rounds in, I know you can't make all your, your mind up about what's going to happen two rounds in, but it is showing some interesting results there. And um, West Ham on top, that's got to be the first time in a long time that West Ham's led after two rounds. Yeah, it definitely is. And West Ham's highest ever ranking is third on the table. So 
you know, plenty of question marks saying, could West Ham be the type of a team that breaks into a top four? Um, I tell you what, the way that David Moyes has this team playing at the moment, it's not outside the realm of possibility. I'll tell you, it's it's a, it's an interesting makeup um, for West Ham at the top. They've got Palace next. Um, and it, it, you can't say that Palace are the type of team who are going to kind of roll over for West Ham, but West Ham they could get a fair bit of momentum and it could keep them going for a while. Yep. Um, again, David Moyes, it's a breath of fresh air for a guy who not that long ago, we were making plenty of jokes about calling in the ferryman for, you know, transitioning teams from the premier league to the championship, because that's kind of his <laughs> style. But I'll tell you, he's doing damn well at the moment. Oh, well, we, we've kind of that. picked... We've kind of picked that Chelsea and Liverpool would be right up there, but their fans would have to be, and you're one of them. You're a Liverpool man. Pete, um, you'd have to be pretty excited about what's going to happen with a title race. We really have a genuine title race this year where any of, you know, four or five teams can can absolutely win it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it does it does spice things up. It makes things interesting. It, it's exactly what we want. And what's even better is the fact that, I, I don't know about you guys, but, I've been trying to turn the commentary off when I'm watching games for the pure reason that I just want to be able to hear the crowd and how yeah, much fun it is to be able to hear full stadiums or as near full stadiums as possible and just watch games. And the fact that, you know, if we've got a title race this season, brilliant. If we don't and it's, you know, one or two teams who race away with what they get at the top of the table, so be it. I, I At the moment, I really don't care because... I'm just loving the fact that we've got songs, we've got banter, we've got clubs yep. who are being abusive towards their teams because they're not doing what they're meant to be doing. And, you know, whatever comes, comes, because this is football. <laughs> I think the one certainty that we can say, certainty is a stupid comment after two rounds, but I can't see Norwich staying up. They are leakier than um, a 93-year-old's pants. John, I'll let you handle this one. Thanks, mate. This is my end of the table, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I, I just, you know, I said that Burnley provides hope hope to everyone, and they certainly provide hope to me that we can get past someone and get out of the bottom three. Um, <laughs> oh, Norwich, whatever. Um, I just think it's just phenomenal to see Newcastle and Arsenal where they are at the moment. Um, I heard a thing on the Athletic. They were advertising podcasts on the Athletic. Yeah, and they said they're doing multiple team podcasts for Chelsea, uh, Spurs, and Liverpool. Man, and they're not doing one for Arsenal. I was like, wow, they they're really falling away. Even at that ESPNization of um, the game, yeah, the the, the, man, the owner seems to just be letting them, you know, uh, just putrefy there on the on deck. Yeah, it's going to be exciting up the top of the table. I I actually think it's way too early to get excited about a title race. You know, West Ham, yeah, whatever, a couple of weeks in. Brighton certainly won't be there. Um, and, you know, the results will start to turn around. It'll tighten up. I feel that Arsenal and Newcastle could certainly make their way out of that bottom mm. area, mostly because with my, my my lot, the thing that I said right from the start, I feel confident we can score goals. As long as Carl Wilson's no d- breathing, um, we're good. Mate, I've got no doubt. Um 
I'm not rubbing it in. Um, I think you were pretty unlucky against Villa at certain points, but we bossed you for probably an hour of the game. And um, there was a couple of controversial decisions, but... Um, We've got a massive, a massive crisis with our goalkeeper that a lot of people probably don't realise. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and our goalkeeping stocks have been some of the best in the Premier League. I mean, enough that Freddie Woodman's been able to be out on loan for a couple of years. I don't think so, any keeper would have stopped any Ings goal, though. That was an absolute belter for the start of the season. No, I know. You know, there was a lot of other things that happened that game where he just yeah. goes, and we're going to have to get some things that maybe go our way a bit later on. But it even leads us down with us at the moment, pals. It's not a long way out of the bottom three at the moment because all the way to Southampton is in one point. Yeah, on, exactly right. Eight. And Southampton took that point from Man U. Guys, I want to um, just give a bit of a shout-out. And yet once again, I'm dominating with Villa, so I apologise. But I want to give a bit of a shout-out to Barrow uh, AFC, who, who Villa played. They you know, had a good crowd, um, but they put a tweet out today. And it was thanks to everyone who came along and enjoyed the memorable occasion. Hope you come back on Saturday. But not you, Cameron Archer. You can stay away unless you're in a blue shirt. So he, he's a young villain who scored a hat-trick against them. And I just thought that was a class act. We so often see negative social media, but well done, Barrow. I thought that was I thought that was class. Anyone been there? I have not. I know no, that Sean I, would have been. Yeah, I've, I've driven past it, but I've not actually been inside the grounds, no. But I right. do see that they've got a uh, assistant manager vacancy, so uh, excuse me for the rest of the pod as I apply for a job. Well, the other thing you have, to do is you, have to be, you have to be able to tinker with nuclear submarines on the side. Oh, no, I'm closing that webpage then. Yeah, I'm done. Yes. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, as, as John said, uh, it is really, really early in the season, but I've just, I love having it. Like, I've had so many people say to me, oh, what are you going to do now Richmond's out of the finals? And I'm like, wow, you, you, you don't know me that well because the Premier League started. Uh, we've got college football. We've got NFL the season for me never, ever ends. And then cricket. So, hello. G'day, Australia. Um, one more thing on football, if that's okay. I just want to say um, a really big congratulations for a magnificent career across a few clubs to Bessart Barisha, who won't be back in the A-League. Um, he was controversial. He was fiery. But, God, he gave good excitement to the A-League. And he had a fab- oh, I think he had a fabulous career here. So, um, best up, Barisha. I think from so many of us, thank you for the memories and thank you for the tantrums. And yeah, I, I, I love his time. I love his time at the Raw. So thank you, best up. Well, I'll, I'll double down on that. Like, absolute legend. What a great player. And everywhere when he scored goals, what else could you want? And he brought some personality to the game. Yes. So many times we hear people going, Oh, where have all the characters gone? And as soon as the character pops his head up, it's like, we'll have to shut him down. Can't possibly have that. You know, it was like, and everyone's tut-tutting and toot and when's, when's the league going to stamp on this and that? Dude was awesome, man. And bring people through the, through the ground and provided some of the greatest moments you could possibly have hoped for in the A-League, especially for the Raw. Hey, awesome. And well yeah. done. Congratulations. Yeah. Hey, absolutely. Uh, I don't know. It's sensational sorry, but... striker, and to be honest, he was the type of guy that, if he was on your team, you loved him. If he was on your opposition team, you despised him. Um, and I, I, I know I've said this to plenty of, you know, Sydney fans over the years, saying, "Oh, we can't stand Barisha." I'm like, look, if he was on a sky blue shirt, you would love the guy. Hundred percent. You would mm. fight. He would 
be fighting tooth and nail to absolutely do whatever it takes to make sure that your team is the best team that's out there on the park. And, oh. and regardless, whatever position that he played, you knew that he was going to affect the game in a positive way. Mate, he left everything on the park. And as a supporter, that's that's um, all you can ever ask. And you want to talk about controversy. I never heard anything about him off-field. So thanks, Bess, um, from all A-League supporters because you, you, you were the villain and you were the hero. So well done. Uh, guys, the AFL finals are set. And it is extremely weird kind of setup. So we got Friday night, Port taking on Geelong. Um, Geelong blew their chance to, to host finals after leading by almost 40 points, I think, uh, on the weekend against Melbourne and gave Melbourne their first uh, minor premiership since 1964, uh, where they won their last grand final. Sydney takes on GWS at University of Tasmania uh, Stadium. we got the D's taking on the Lions at Adelaide Oval on Saturday night. And to round out the uh, weekend's footy, another team who blew their chances uh, at a double chance, the Bulldogs taking on Essendon. So, guys, we'll just go through it real quickly. Port taking on the Cats um, at Adelaide Oval. I think there's a full crowd allowed there now. So, you know, you're going to get close to 50,000 feral Port supporters. I think they'll take the Cats out. If if Geelong win, is, the next, is their preliminary final at Adelaide as well? Well, you'd have to think so with the um, – you'd have to think they'd be staying there now because they'd have to go back into quarantine if they went to Melbourne. So they're not going to – they blew the chance. I, I could be wrong. They might be able to host it in Geelong if, because it's a regional if area. Brisbane but... win, if, if Brisbane win, is there preliminary at the Gabba? Well, they're at Adelaide Oval, and at the moment um, the um, they're closing the borders of some of the states in, in yeah. Queensland. I haven't had a look at what they're doing with Adelaide, but I believe Queensland's kind of like shutting their borders to everyone in the next few days. If, if I'm wrong, happy to say I am. But yes, Brisbane... Well, didn't, I didn't Melbourne. know there was a COVID outbreak in South Australia. I, I, that's what I'm saying. So I don't know which states. So my understanding, if everything's clear between South Australia and Queensland, um, then certainly Brisbane would then host the preliminary final at the Gabba. Hmm. And then dogs taking on Essendon should be an absolute ripper. I'll talk about Port Adelaide and Geelong. Um, I'd rather play Port Adelaide if we get beaten and I'd rather play Port Adelaide if we go through the preliminary. So I don't know what that means. I really kind of don't care who wins. Uh, Geelong scare me more than Port Adelaide do, but so be it. I've got no – I don't really have a thought on who's – going to win that game because, to be honest, I've invested so much into my own game yeah. coming up that yeah. I honestly don't care because I just wanted to take care of business. I think the fact that they're playing at Adelaide Oval tips it, in my mind, to Port. It is a really um, great stadium. It's a hard one to play. Um, Geelong play a very narrow ground at home. Uh, it's, it's a few metres shorter each side. Um, Adelaide Oval's a big ground. Um, they're going to have massive support. So I think I tip Port Adelaide in a really close one there. Sydney taking on GWS in a really strange game. It's going to be in Tassie. Um, Giants have had injuries all year. Sydney started to get injuries. I think Sydney... I'm going to go... No, no, bugger it. I'm going to go the Giants in an upset. That's an interesting one because, you know, Giants have the lowest points total across the entire top eight. Um, and, and they've got the second worst defense as well. Mm. So mm. 
<laughs> they don't score many, but they definitely do leak them at the back. Uh, and if something, you know, any team is likely to score points, it's the Swans, to be fair. You, you know, they are incredibly consistent getting the ball forward and creating opportunities. Um, <laughs> they're the type of team who can flick a game on a light switch kind of style, you know. Um, it's a really yeah. good call. It's a really good call. I just, I think that the Giants have hit form at the right time of year. I think they're real big bodied. The low scoring doesn't worry me in finals. You'll generally find final series are much lower scoring in the AFL. Um, so I think it's going to be a really tight one. And I think the Giants might just make a, a win. A proper derby though, as a, as a semifinals, pretty interesting um, because I don't know who I want to, it's a question of Jack the Ripper and Boston Strangler again for me because <laughs> Swans, man, I tell you, over the years, just oh. and GWS, I don't believe they're actually a football team. So I, I, the Swans really stuck it to us in the first game of the year. Yeah, I kind of agree with Pete's analysis. I think it's really interesting, but I think the Swans would be far more dangerous if they were to go a second week because I just think the club's got so much more belief in it than what GWS would have. Yeah, it's a really good call. Um, this is the game. The next two games are the ones I don't. I'm just super interested in the D's taking on the Lions at Adelaide Oval. Melbourne, as I said, finished top of the ladder for the first time since 1964. The Lions. This is their third season in a row where, or, or fourth season in a row where they've had a really good chance um, to do something special. So, can they get over that hoodoo? I, I I don't know which way to go here. Well, I do. Of course, and I mean do. that. Yeah, well, I want to take my hat off first of all to Melbourne, the the club, and their fans. I think that they walked around in the wilderness for so long since Ron Barassi left the club, and every, yeah. you know most people know that story. And and you know they were the dominant team, and they've never been back. And it's an amazing story to consider how you can really go from the basement to the to the from the penthouse to the basement in such a quick period of time. It's almost like the way the West Indies disappeared. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and I remember when I first started watching the AFL, uh, VFL as a kid when I came to Australia. Every year, the Whipping Boys was always just passed around the wooden spoon between Melbourne, St Kilda, and Footscray. And the other teams have kind of bobbed up. And to see Melbourne actually win that mine premiership the other night, and Max Gorn's kick at the end, the captain, spiritual figurehead, all that sort of stuff, was just absolutely magnificent sporting moment. And they celebrated like it was 1964. I'm and so I, hope happy. I hope they're still guzzling beers down at the club. Everyone's <laughs> in back pattern and jumping around, Yahoo, and just, you know, that little sort of tickle you sometimes give your mate just behind the butt there to get them fired up, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you're being a little bit inappropriate and all that. And um, I hope they're still doing that tonight. So the Lions can um, turn them a new one. Well, I'll tell you what, mate, that's one of my favourite moments in the past decade or so of AFL, seeing that the way the D's came back and won that in the last, you know, basically kick of the game. That's one of the great moments. That's going to go down for a long, long, long time. Uh, final game of the round. There was three, uh, just also, pardon mate. again, there was three great games in, 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 in the space of like 12 hours. Yeah, there was. Last week in the AFL, if you really want it, the game that the Lions and uh, we played out to actually get into fourth spot against the West Coast Eagles, who's a team we've always struggled to beat, was just amazing. And the atmosphere was absolutely brilliant. It really was. And, and it was so tight on you making that uh, that top four spot. 
So it was I've a never seen anything like it. The the percentage thing was just insane. It was like point one zero one of a hundredth of a percentage. Or wasn't a percentage, but you know what I mean. It was like it, yeah. was, it wasn't moving. It was like God. Anyway, I'll shut up. No, it was it was fantastic. And then look, to be honest, I I saw my team have a bad year, and to come back and get a draw. Uh, you know, Burgoyne's last game, Clarkson's last game coaching for Hawthorne, and then Jack coming back with the last two goals in the last minute. It was actually a fun draw. I've never had a draw in AFL that I've gone, that was fun, but that was. To actually not beat Hawthorne was kind of fitting, if that makes sense. Um, so I actually yep. enjoyed a draw. Uh, dogs and Essendon. I think Dogs are going to have to be up by a fair bit in this game because I think they've now given a kind of reputation out there that they can't hold leads, and that's funny because they're Dogs. Oh, um, yeah. Look, I, I, I'll throw a huge spanner here and say Essendon will walk away with the result. Um, I think that even though this season they've had, you know, the classic roller coaster of 11 wins and 11 losses, um, they are incredibly consistent when they get their way forward up the field. They know how to score and they know how to create, you know, goal scoring opportunities that they. They link up really well. So, you know what? Um, Bulldogs, I, I don't think that they're going to be the dominant side when uh, when they get out there in Tassie. So, Essendon, for me, um, I'll, I'm going to say that they'll get the result. Oh, good call. Let's, uh, just got a few people who responded in our um, group this week. So, Stuart Anthony, Tiger Man. He's gone Port to beat Geelong. He's gone the Swans to beat Giants. Demons to beat the Lions and the Dots. So he's basically gone the home teams there. Stuart, uh, what are you doing, mate? Uh, Gary's gone. Gary's tipped. Uh, Gary Reynolds has tipped Brisbane in honour of Sass Collins, who is a really big uh, soccer fan in, in in Brisbane as well, uh, and a Lions supporter there. Uh, CJ Condy, he goes. All could generally go either way, and I I think we all agree that any of these games. There's no standout game where you go, yep, yeah, that's that's a certainty. He's gone Port, GWS, Melbourne and the Dogs. Uh, Matt Kennings has gone Port to beat Geelong, Swans to beat the Giants. He's gone the Lions. He's a, he's a frizzy boy. He's gone the Good Lions on, Matt. to beat Melbourne. And he's gone the Doggies to beat Essendon. I've always and said Mark, this about Matt. Is like Matt is a thoroughly <laughs> decent guy, you know? You, know, you have always said that about him. Always yeah. out there running, you know, doing charity runs and organising toys for the kids. Great bloke. Love it. Yeah, and, 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 he, and he has gone the lines. And uh, yeah. my old man has gone Port, the Swans. Sorry, mate. He has gone the D's and he's gone the Bombers. So, oh, God. Guys, now, come on, man. You're killing me, buddy. Now, I said I wasn't going to do this to you, but I have to. Gary's asked uh, how Newcastle's going in the Premier League. Oh, my God, like bastards. I... <laughs> And, I, you know, I saw that. It's like, oh, my God, how's John going to react? It's like, like what's new? <laughs> <laughs> well, I learned to live with it. It's okay. And you know what? I'm still – I've seen us with worse squads than this manage to finish 16th. So, you know, that's what we're pushing for. Now, we won't cover rugby league tonight. We've still got uh, a bit of footy of football there to go uh, before the finals. So, um, it's kind of almost been – a flat end to the season with the NRL, but we'll, we'll certainly cover the, the finals there. Um, there is a grand final this weekend. Does anyone know what the grand final is? Cool. Uh, any code around Australia yeah. or the world? Yeah, yeah, no, around, around Australia. Around Australia. 
That Shoot is shield. A great question. And no. It might have something to do with Suncorp. Might have uh, something to do with Super Netball. Super Netball Grand Final. Here we go. So, um, what is it? The, the AFL is on at the same time as the Netball Grand Final. So, the AFL is basically just taking over all the TV coverage. Am I correct? Yeah, of course it does. It's what it does yeah, very cool. well. Yeah, nice. No, yeah, so we've got the um, we got the Swifts <laughs> taking on the Giants. So the two New South Wales teams um, are playing two uh, thirty this Saturday afternoon at Nissan Arena in Brisbane. So <laughs> Brisbane, it's it's an I know John, you haven't been to this stadium, but it is I think about a five thousand capacity, and it is absolutely fabulous. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can be interesting to see what crowd they get there. But uh, Swifts taking on the Giants. So good luck to both teams. Um, They'll fill it for sure. The, the, You'd think so. The, net, the netball fans come out for the big games, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I've been to a fair few over the last few years. And, yeah, well, I tell you what, if you want to talk about noise, that stadium will be at fever pitch, um, even though the fever's not playing. So good luck to both teams. Um, Swift's taken on the Giants. And I just thought we'd get that in there because it is a grand final uh, in a national competition as well. Um, Swift's have a great history and the Giants relatively new. So I'm going to go the Swift's. Um, because I don't want to give the Giants football team anything, anything whatsoever. Relentless, my friend, relentless. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, look, a grand final. I, I think it'll be on Channel 9, actually. I, I don't know. I think Channel 9 covers the netball. So it, it, it'll, um, it should escape. Yeah, it is. It's on Channel 9 live, 2.30. If you can't get out to Nissan Arena, especially if you're in Sydney there, Pete, sorry about that. Can, um, I, can I throw a quick keep, cuddle and kick at both of you? Yeah, of course. Out of, just out of the blue? Yeah. Okay. We've got the PSG Ultras. We've got the Marseille Ultras. Yep. And the Nice Ultras. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cool. I'll go first. Um, I'm going to go Marseille Ultras. I'm going to keep. Um, nice, I'm going to cuddle. I know all about the event that's recently happened. And PSG Ultras, they can go and get kicked. Okay. Uh, Pete? <laughs> Uh, can I just kick them all because they are all absolutely horrific human beings uh, for the way that they discriminate and yep. treat uh, people around just bonkers. Just if anyone hasn't seen the, the brawl that ended up happening between Nice and Marseille, um, that took like what, 15 to 20 minutes to, yep. to kind of settle down. Just insane. But um at least, you know, the witty comment I did really appreciate. There was a tweet coming out that I, I saw that, you know, if this happened in England, um, they'd be condemned. But it was nice fans who ended up uh, causing a bit of an issue. So, um, yeah, bit of a problem there. Well, it's an interesting thing that I read about it. Like, just, and I'm, and I'm trying not to be stupid. I just wanted to get us yeah. onto this topic for a little bit. But um, the ultras from other teams aren't allowed to travel to away games at the moment in in France. Yeah. And so without, you know, sort of the yin and the yang, without the two sets of twats at either side, um, things just are they're kicking off in and outside of the stadium. But um, I did find it absolutely bizarre that League um, decided to award the game to Nice and a forfeit after their fans started the trouble. I couldn't believe that either. That was unbelievable. I'll be using that tactic. Hey, I'll be using that. I'll organising that tactic for the next time we're at, we're at home and we're getting beaten by one of the big five. It's like, let's get it on, fellas. Ah, spot on. But we've got another, we've got a really, really great game starting tonight. I know that uh, 
you know, former co-host and uh, listener to the show, and hopefully, hopefully he comes back. We'll be extremely excited about this. Um, England taking on India in the third test. Um, it's going to be a May. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think England really need to to do a bit here. Um, John, you're an England England fan when they're um, playing teams like India and so forth. So, what what do you think is going to happen here, mate? I'm an England fan in cricket. We had this discussion on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Yes, yes, um, we did. Yeah, yeah. So, I uh, yeah, they need to um, be better in tight situations. They should never have lost that second test. Um, so, you know, you're playing a great team like India. You have to take your chances. You, yeah. know, you have to make sure that you, uh, <laughs> well, when you're in a position to win, that you actually put your foot on someone's throat and you actually take it. Yeah, and that's yep. the key for this England team. They have a little bit of a soft underbelly. Um, and, yeah, but Joe Root's having a pretty good series as a batsman. Yep. Not not so much skipper, but, um, yeah, look, you are playing the second best head- test team is in the world. Headingly? Well, Headingley's a place that's going to favour James Anderson and, yeah. and the England quicks, but then India have got as good of a set of quicks as you would find in world cricket. So it's a great ground. There'll be a result. Uh, England need to win. Yeah. Isn't it good though? Isn't it good to have a test series where you really don't know who's going to win each test? I, I, I love it. So, yeah, you get a lot of good cricket in England that. because the wickets actually give something to batsmen and and bowlers. Yeah, yeah. On the one day, and I absolutely love that. So, mm. um, yeah. Look, I don't know who's going to win that, but um, you know, it's it's the third test. Uh, India leads one 0 at the moment. As you said, England kind of threw it away. So, guys, I'm going to throw it out to you. Um, Half an hour into the pod, um, world of sport. What's happening in your neck of the woods? What are you excited about right now? Paralympics. Yeah. Mate, Paralympic time. We, we've had the pregame show of the Olympics, mate. Now it's the, the main event for me. Um, this, is, this is when everything super exciting is actually taking place. And even better is, you know, this is the opportunity now when we start to promote what's going on with, um, you know, para football from my own perspective and yeah. talking about, you know, from an Australian perspective, us trying to uh, qualify for Paris 2024 and LA in 2028. Um, but, you know, even today's uh, Paralympic event of Paige Greco um, making Paralympic gold, um, don't know if you guys know much about her story, but... She was kind of a, an able-bodied athlete who yeah. was just a sensational human being. He found out that she, I believe she was diagnosed with MS and someone said, hey, why don't you jump on a bike, started riding around and today ended up winning gold and breaking a world record by something crazy like eight seconds. Um, yeah. Just incredible. Um, and I don't know if you guys have also seen the, um, the footage this morning of uh, the hucker between New Zealand and USA at the wheelchair rugby. Uh, if you haven't, like, definitely, I will link this up to uh, our little group and yep. you can check it out because it is brilliant. The determination from this uh, uh, from this uh, Maori side was just incredible. I leapt off the screen. Um, USA ended up thumping it, but, you know, incredible performance nonetheless. And Australia leads the uh, medal tally at the moment uh, with four golds. So um, magni- magnificent er- uh, effort. And we generally do really well in the Paralympics. And it, and, and it is credit to so many organisations and, and coaches. And I, I know we've had a fair bit to do with them over the years ourselves, guys. Um, 
They are such dedicated people. The funding is starting to happen, um, which has been great. And we, we, as I said, generally do fantastically in the Paralympics. So I hope, hope everyone gets to watch a fair bit of that as well. Yeah. We live in an amazing country that, um, and that allows a lot of opportunity. And I know that it's not 100% available to everyone, but in that space, the opportunities in Australia, you would have to say are far greater to people than they would be in some other parts of the world. And stands to, you know, testament to the, the people's ability to, to get on with, you know, doing something at an excellent level and just shows what can happen if, you know, people believe in, in a dream and they work together. I'm, good luck to all the Paralympians. I think they're amazing. And so are their support staff and their families. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. And people who coach them. People that, like, yeah, that's what I mean you know, as you well. You beat with uh, your yeah. blind football and all that, you know. Well done. It's spot on. I'm not sure if you guys have ever played um, blind cricket before. Um, the ball has rattles in it. It's rolled along the ground. And I, I got the privilege to play it over the years quite a few times. I don't think I hit the ball once because I, 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 I literally don't think... That's <laughs> well, just a metaphor for real cricket, isn't it, for you? Yeah, that's that's true. I was probably probably slightly better at blind cricket, but you, you mm. feel that you, you swing early. I mean, everyone we watched... Um, so it, I should have we, said we, real cricket. I apologise for that. Now, that no, is no, a No, we know... Um, we, I think regular cricket. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, I think everyone knows what mm. you mean there, but um, they are just amazing people, the, the blind cricketers that I uh, got to meet and play against. And we were lucky enough to bring in some Australian players and Queensland players against them, and none of them could hit the ball because that... It's just a different – all those senses were just so different. So a credit to all the guys who um, help out in those kind of fields as well. So um, what about yourself, John? Some excitement starting to build for the NFL or we're still waiting? No, I'm actually doing a fair bit of, um, how would you call it, research. Again, I'm starting to get right into it now. Yep. Um, looking forward to what's happening in the next couple of weeks for the start of the regular season. There's a lot of um, really interesting new quarterbacks coming through. Absolutely. Uh, it gives us a lot to look at. There's some nice changes across a couple of divisions that have traditionally not necessarily been super strong. And, you know, I'm looking forward to that. We're going to do a preview, obviously, in the next week or two, so I'll have to do a bit more work on that. But obviously, once the NFL starts to ramp up, I, I was a bit... Nah, you know, for a couple of weeks, as you know, and yeah, but once it starts to crank up, it's like, oh my god, I've got to get, I've got to get ready, I've got to get in position, I've got to make sure that everything's in place, so I can, you know, take it all in. And I love the fact, I love my Monday mornings. You know, I love going to school and I put the the radio on from the states and listen to that yep. on the way. You know, I absolutely love that. I love getting up early on Monday morning and picking up all the different live feeds and whatnot. It's just fun. The sport. Well, flip a coin here, mate. The New Orleans Saints. I just want to touch on this before we do our preview. Their quarterback situation is a flip of the coin. You've got Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. And their stats yeah. throughout the preseason have been identical. I don't know who you pick. I personally would go Winston. Um, but it's a, it's a bit of a tough one there. I'd pick Jameis Winston because he's a quarterback. Taysom Hill's a manufactured running back, a bit of everything, playing at quarterback. Look, he was at the Packers. He got cut by us years ago. Yeah. And he's become a – look, he's the kind of guy who looks awesome when you've got a great quarterback. And all he's got to do is come in and do one thing and it's a bit of a trick. Yeah. James Winston, uh, don't forget, was at the uh, 
was at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before Brady came in. He threw like he threw thirty three touchdowns. He also threw thirty three interceptions. Yeah, that was him, wasn't it? To a T. Yeah, you, you, you got it. You got the best. He's fun to watch within a couple of plays. He's fun to watch. I, I hope he gets another gig there. Um, I, boys, think, the, I gonna, think the Saints are going to fall right out of contention this year. I think if you're a no Saints doubt. fan, you're in for a world of hurt because you haven't replaced the quarterback at all. Um, but there's all kinds of other things happening with Michael Thomas at, at wide receiver, and you know, but they've got a great coaching staff and a great organisation. But everyone's got to spend a bit of time in the bin, don't they? Oh, absolutely, mate. And, and and one final thing on that, I think Urban Meyer's in for absolute hell. Oh, I can't see him last in the season, mate. There are college coaches that, that that so many college coaches just cannot transition to the NFL. It is such a different game, uh, the college game in the NFL. And I think Urban Meyer is going to be. Oh, I think he'll be sacked within the first half of the season. There you go. I hundred percent disagree with you. Oh, I love it. I love. I love when we disagree. Well, well, uh, mate, his, the, the owner of that team. Yeah, that actually, that's correct. But Urban Meyer may actually just give him every excuse in the book. Uh, guys, anything else? We're going to keep this down to about 40 minutes tonight. Anything else on, on the world of sport that we've missed there? We've covered a bit of netball. We've covered a bit of cricket. We've covered the AFL finals. We didn't really touch on the NRL, but we will um, in the next week or two. We touched on base of the EPL, Paralympics. We've done a bit of a gamut there. Yeah, I think we've uh, yeah. off a fair bit. Uh, like, last up from me, I'll just uh, give a bit of a shout-out towards the American soccer leagues and talk about the fact that over at Angel City FC, they, they formally announced their fourth, uh, their first player, um, US Women's National Team star Kristen Press. Ah. So it, it's a great opportunity for them to kind of get, you know, a huge player and a huge name off the mark and running. Um, to, you know, kickstart what could be a really influential squad in the future of the uh, the NWSL. Um, a little bit closer to home here in Australia, we obviously had the news that um, Theresa Polias would not be playing this season for Sydney FC so that she could focus on starting a family. And it meant that, you know, Natalie Tobin ended up... Um, releasing from her contract over at Perth Glory to come back to Sydney FC so she put yep. on the captain's armband. So um, huge moments there and some interesting movements um, in the female football space for sure. Absolutely. And uh, John? Huge news this week in, um, in international rugby with all the rest of the games from the rugby championship going to be played in the Gold Coast or at Suncorp up in North Queensland. Yeah. I couldn't be more excited. I, I've, I've got to get myself a ticket to the first double header at, at Seabus Super Stadium because that's going to just be awesome. I, and if if you can't get excited for that, well, yeah, it's going to be just fantastic. That now that is top level sport in my backyard, and I will have to be at that. I think you might have to get me a ticket, mate. I think I might. Uh, I think I might join you. It's going to be awesome, guys. With um. I think it's been a good show. Um, I think we've, as we've said, covered a lot of different sports. Um, I didn't even touch on the fact that Carlton um, uh, have just treated David Teague as horrendously as you could ever treat a coach. If you're going to get rid of someone, don't make them do the, uh, the, the interviews with players. You know how they do that, hey, we're going on holiday interview kind of thing? Um, mm. So we won't, won't touch on that too much. But if you want to learn how to treat coaches badly, I think Carlton, Carlton's probably the... Uh, the hallmark at the moment of, of, of doing that in the AFL. 
I don't even mm. take any pleasure. I don't even take any pleasure in that because Carlton have just been so irrelevant for so long. I don't even care. Don't make such Don't make such coaches do exit interviews and never apologise. I think that might be my new motto. I like it. Never apologise, uh, guys. No apologising. Once you apologise, you're finished. This has been the Love Sport Podcast. Over the next few weeks, we've got quite a few fans of the podcast. Uh, you guys don't know this yet, but we've got quite a few fans of the podcast. We're going to come on as special guests. Um, so that's going to be pretty exciting, bringing people in who've been listening uh, onto the show, and, and hopefully they can surpass any of my lack of knowledge. Boys, a pleasure Sounds as always. Good, Sounds awesome. Look forward to that. That'd be brilliant. It's going to be great. I've been doing a bit of, uh, hey, begging, come on the show. And a few people uh, are like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do it as long as we don't have to organise anything. And that's uh, pretty much how we roll. Mm. Pete, a pleasure as always. Keep up your coaching work. I hope you're coping well in Sydney. I know the numbers are just out of this world. Um, John, keep up the uh, teaching and on the whiteboards and so forth, marking down what you can do to get Newcastle up the ladder. Um, and I'm just going to enjoy the plethora of sport that's in front of us for the next few weeks. Thanks, Thanks much, as mate. always for having me, mate. And it's great to speak to you again, Pete. All the best. Take care, man. Thank you. Love Sport Podcast, out. Guys, you were really good tonight. Really. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. I was Paul, your host, joined by John and Pete. Hopefully we made a little bit of sense, and if we didn't, attack us. You can get us on Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get me at Paul underscore football, John at Lambic Peach, and Pete at Pete Novikowski on Twitter. We'll try to answer your queries. Won't always have the right answers, but this is the Love Sport Podcast.